one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Rich, can you tell me some interesting things about Car and Classic? Certainly. Did you know that at any given time, Car and Classic has over 35,000 cars and bikes for sale? I did not know that. And that every month they have over 4 million visitors to their site. I didn't know that either. And that Car and Classic is the new sponsor of Smith & Sniff. Now that I did know, because I was in the same meetings as you. Oh yeah. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by Car and Classic. I know. I was there. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. This is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Top of my agenda to talk about... (laughs) When I say an agenda, I've written two things down. you've got an agenda. I've written two things down on a free notepad from, I think it's Volvo. Um, Mm. Popeye with the pin in, I've written down. Uh, which won't mean anything to you or the listeners, I doubt. I've been on a a very sort of low end, slightly lazy private investigation to work out who owns a um, an abandoned Mitsubishi Shogun pinin very near to my house. Mm-hmm. It's the the front of the house was all overgrown for years, and someone's come along and chopped all the trees down and opened it all up, and the house looks like a haunted house. In fact, at Halloween, it's probably the only house that the kids didn't go to trick or treat at (laughs) and I've never seen anyone come or go from it but on the drive what interested me is the fact that amongst this huge amount of undergrowth is a a garage door and then the drive and on the drive is a Mitsubishi Shogun pin in 51 plate so what 20 Mm. 21 years old 22 years old and um I don't know why I keep looking at it I don't need it I don't uh, not. I, I should think it would be a fairly average purchase, and, and I just <laughs> at best, at best. Yes. And I keep looking at it, going, "Oh, does that?" Need? I think it's the per, it's the it's the it's the the savior in me going. I could save that. It needs saving. It's probably got a few years left in it. It might be okay. And it's been a, it's been covered in conifers all this time. Well, yeah. So I was going to ask, was it completely? Swamped in all the undergrowth. It was so in, has it got that sort of green bloom on the paintwork where it's touched foliage for it's, years? It's got a little bit of algal um, dusting, but mm. uh, but all but it's. I think it's been so covered with underbrush. It's largely been dry, and all around the bottom of it. So the drive, you can't even see the concrete on the drive. It's all that sort of like um, p- um, pine needles and underbrush, dry underbrush, the sort of thing that lights a fire really easily kindling yeah. i'm not suggesting that you use a pin in as, as kindling would but um yeah so I, I feel like it could be a bit of a survivor anyway i saw the owner today just oh. just coming back from the school run and i saw him and my word he is popeye imagine popeye <laughs> but not muscular but everything else popeye <laughs> <laughs> i feel like muscular is part of the sort of Popeye brand. So I know if it you're is. Taking I that know. away, is you, are you talking about the sort of scrunched up face? Oh, I mean, like, is that an underbite or an overbite? What is that? What? Um, it's a very unusual chin, profile. Really, isn't he? He's just he's, he's chinny. He's chinny, but then it's partly the chin is to sort of it's secure chi- the pipe in place, isn't it? Or the, the under. Is it's, it an underbite? Hang on, yeah. Here. Well, it's chinny, and I think it's um, it's like a DTM chin spoiler. And then yeah. all of the teeth are very set back in, so the grill, the grill is a long way back to the chin spoiler, if you know what I mean. Anyway, uh, looking he, at this picture of Popeye, I mean he's physically not possible because, in fact, his mouth, his mouth sort of, st- his, mouth st- his mouth comes out the side of his nose. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Mm. Okay, he's so a, he's, he's not a curious looking fellow when you get down to it. You, anyway, you yeah. mustn't analyse Popeye's face. It's a it's a face of few lines, but actually there's a lot going on there to take in. Mm, mm. Um, so this guy is Popeye. 
He's got exactly the same face, couldn't really see his eyes, had a hat on, and was smoking an extremely thin pipe, which made me... What? Which made me giggle out loud, because it was very early in the morning. But also, <laughs> the fact that you just don't see people smoking pipes anymore, do you? No, Nobody smokes no, a pipe. Don't. I, I, I no. kind of dig it. But then I thought, wow, if that is indeed his pin-in, possibly pin-in from new. Mm. Imagine the pong in the pin-in. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine it. How were the tyres on the pin in? Are they flat? I can't see. I can't see the bottoms of the tyres because it's covered in that oh, kindling wood. So much mulch and yeah, kindling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll see if I can get a covert photo for. for Is it two tone? Yes, I think it's two tone. But again, I can't. I, it's it's mostly silver, and I can't mm. see if the side. I need to have a look at the side because the side's the bit that's been covered up by the hedge most of the time. Um, mm. Can't tell if it's just got a a, a stripe a waistline stripe or whether it is two-tone but it is um yeah and i can't actually remember the engine size and possibly no one's interested but um i'm going to oh now i don't know actually because there were there were the old the old pajeros were russian dolls weren't they for different markets which is what i quite like about them yeah there was a period here when i think the shogun had a sort of three-tier range and there was your big big fella shogun yeah then there was the shogun pinning but there was also the shogun spoltz which was yes. uh, sort of in between, I suppose. <clears throat> and, and was and then basically an L200, I think. That's right. And then, of course, the one that we didn't get, but I know you love and I absolutely adore, is the, is the Shogun uh, Pajero Mini, which people think yeah. is the pin-in, but it's not the pin-in. I, I, yeah, that, uh, if I had to choose a Shogun, it would be that one. And I have to say, the thing that's important to remember about all Shoguns of all sizes is that, by and large, they're toss. Are they? Oh, I think so. I mean, no, the big fella was probably okay, but it just they let it go on for years. I mean, you could still buy a Shogun in this country until quite recently. Yeah, you could. It you was could. massively out of date. But the pinning, I do remember driving the pinning back in the day. Yeah. I cannot really remember much about it. Oh, <laughs> according to this. That will have a Cobra Head Auto. There's no doubt. Oh, my God, yes. There's no yes, doubt. Yes, yes. That will be so thin at the Huge. base and so wide at the top. Maybe that's why this guy bought them. Because <laughs> Get him Popeye like huge forearms uh, and uh, his sort of commensurately big hands allows him to grip the cobra head with <laughs> comfort where nobody else could do that. But, but maybe Popeye so, is a strict manual worshipper though, uh, because he uh, likes physical labour because it keeps the yeah. it keeps arm day going, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and leg day, left, and leg day. Leg day. Anyway. So he put he's got an extremely aggressive race clutch in it. Yeah. Um, for no and reason. A really, really stiff throttle <clears throat> spring as well, just to, to level things up. Otherwise, you end up lopsided. That's right. But no power gains. So it's still the stock transmission and engine. Yeah. Uh, uh, so is there another car parked outside the house, like on the street? No. There's nothing oh, else. Okay. So I think, I mean, he's an older chap. I'm wondering mm. whether he's given up driving or he driving got too expensive and he couldn't be asked. Judging by the maintenance of his house i'm gonna say driving got too expensive for him mm. and he thought mm. you know i can't be bothered i can get a bus from the end of the road because there is a bus at the end of his road and uh, okay. and he's maybe he's got family and friends that help him to uh i don't know take him here there and everywhere he's probably old school so never goes to the dentist or the doctor <laughs> <laughs> just gonna say <laughs> I, I mean, I told you about. I told you about my new relaxed dentist. It's it's the weirdest thing. I used to go. I mean, I'm not a big fan of going to the dentist, but then who is? Except I love. Wife, I love the dentist. Really? Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm that guy. Oh well. I'm. You're, I'm you're AC avoider and dentist attractor. Interesting. But I get annoyed because I don't need to go to the dentist very often. I'm luckily I've got pretty good conditioned teeth naturally. Um, so you go for a checkup then. Every I year. do. I, I, it's my Christmas present. I've got it in about three weeks. <laughs> it's just. It's always December, and it's always my Christmas present to myself. And I might book myself in for a um, for a detail as well. Ooh, dentistry detailing. Yeah. I used to like going for a detailing at my old dentist because there was this lovely lady called Miriam who was always. I mean, she'd always give you a bollocking for not brushing properly. Of course, but then. She was eternally locked in a struggle to find a new car that, for some reason, took about three years to sort out. Really? Fact, no, it started before COVID, and then when I went back to see her after we were allowed to go back to the dentist again, it was she was. St- I was like, "We bought a car yet?" She went, "No, still looking." 
Really? And then we just, yeah. And then she would just sort of do the, obviously I couldn't speak much because she'd got her hands in my mouth, but she would do a sort of monologue about cars that she'd been looking at. And <laughs> I used to enjoy it. I was quite sad. I saw her just before we moved out of London one last time. And it was a bit like, I'm really sorry I won't be coming anymore. We, but good luck finding a car because she still hadn't. Oh, but you, my you... main dentist in London used to give me a bollocking as well every time. You're not brushing properly. There was a lot of build-up here. Ooh, we've got to keep an eye on this one. And it's just, you know, made to feel bad. And, it, and uh, I've got a new dentist now. And I went to see him and he went, yep, everything looks great. Ah, uh, so he's, la- he's lazy. Well, that's the thing. I was like, it just feels like he can't be asked to be a dentist. He's the kind of guy that washes his car um, at, um, at dusk. So you can't quite tell when you haven't quite washed it properly. It kind of looks great. And then in the morning you go, yeah, I missed the entire rear quarter, actually, on that side. Yeah. Oh. You end up with that sort of like a shark's fin of road grime on one door where you <laughs> swoosh the sponge unevenly. It's true. He's that guy. He's that guy. Well, that's the thing. I went back with my kids to the, to the relaxed dentist. And again, in London, bear in mind my kids went to a different dentist to me in London. And they always used to get, no, you've got a brush. Who needs to be? No, she should be brushing for at least 20 hours a day and all this stuff. And then uh, the, the relaxed dentist just went, looking good. Yeah, looking great. I was like, you sure that they're okay? They're brushing for Yeah, whatever they're doing, just keep it up. I oh, really, so <laughs> no advice, no, no real feedback. No, no. He's either very, <laughs> just very upbeat and optimistic or he just can't be bothered with being a dentist. Is he's he like is, a high-level dentist. Is he... Uh, you might have caught him when he's about 10 days away from going to the Maldives. <laughs> and, and, and it's been a long couple of years, let's say. It's, well, it has. We don't need to let's say. It fucking has. Um, and he's just going, yeah, yeah, this guy. I mean, nothing's falling out and he's not throbbing with yeah. pain. So let's just push him on. Come on. Let's push him on. He's fine. It's a bit like it's a bit like an MOT tester that, you know, Ford KA mm. comes in. He knows. He knows it's frilly yeah. where it's going to be frilly because it's a KA. And he kind of mm. goes, yeah, but it's okay for a KA. That'll be fine for another 12. And like my old MOT tester used to do, he used to do the stealth preservation on KAs. I think I've told you about this in a previous video. <laughs> Did I tell you about this? I don't think this is the stealth preservation <laughs> society. He, no, I don't think you have told me about this. He used to feel sorry for Ford KAs because he knew they decayed in all the same places and most owners were totally oblivious to it. So when yeah. he used to get one in that looked like it was hanging on in there, as it were, mm. he used to wire brush down the fuel filler neck area and the and the the arches in underneath, yep. and he mm. would out of his own expenditure he would hose it what? down with some wax oil. Oh my god! During an MOT, that's, I mean, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, he just went. Well, he said he said the things. This one, I think this. I like the person, and this one seems like it's it's got a lot of life left in it because he. I think he realised that they they died too early. A lot of these KAs, they died too early. And, I know you've got yeah. a history with KAs, and yeah. a lot of other people have too. But um, Yeah. Well, my friend Hannah, who had a KA for years, loved it. and But then it, it came to the point that, you know, the KA crunch point. And, yeah. Uh, well, sort of crunch and then flake off. Point. I was going to say, and then, yeah, and condemned point. Uh, and she was like, I need to go buy a new car. What would you recommend? I was like, I don't, I don't you know, this and that. And, the, the, and then... Um, she went, do you know what I've done? I've just gone and bought another KA. And she'd found, like, she she knows what she's looking for with KAs, having lived through the decay of a KA. Decay of the KA. The decay of the KA. <laughs> uh, so, and she found, like, you know, classics. Not quite deceased spec, I think, but, like, super low-mileage, garaged, elderly owner. No rot. Late one. What, not, she, not knocking like, on heaven's door spec? What do you call it? Yes. That? Yeah, okay. exactly. And got that. And she's just like, I just like KAs. I just wanted another KA. But she's like, I know what I'm looking for now. I was like, you should start a garage. I like that. Uh, That's how we'll make specialists begin. Yeah. They well, just exactly. know. It's like, if you they? know what you're looking for, you could sort of gather up all the survivors. I mean, there's not, I guess there's not many that aren't a little bit crusty somewhere because they oh, go, don't, don't they? I, Ooh, they go. I think I missed out on one. Again, not that far from, from where I'm um, renting house here. There was always an old guy who had a KA from new, but it was a high-spec one. And I can't remember the model. Was it a KA3 or a... It had... It was it was really high-gloss black with high-gloss arches. Yeah. And it had... Yes. It might have even had half-leather interior. Um, uh, and I can't I remember... I think the, they had they full leather, was it? I might have had full leather. an option. Okay. Yeah. But it was horrible, cheap leather. Pleather look, but yes. Look like pleather. it looked like an eighties jacket. Um, 
a man I seem in a to remember at some jacket. point as well, I think those those high-spec KAs, that you suddenly you remember the original KA when it came out, the dashboard moulding was blue. Yes. And then they introduced a different colourway, which looked a little bit more sort of upmarket and luxurious. It was like I, said, I think they called it truffle or something. It was kind of beigey. Didn't you add Probably one? Probably know a little I, I bit too much about K. I, was gonna, I still can't believe that you bought one brand new. No, it wasn't new. Oh, I thought it was. No, no, it was... I mean, it was a year old, and it had been a courtesy car at a, at a body shop. What? So yeah. it would have done the equivalent of 100,000 miles then, through people's hands Well, it was weird, because care. it didn't have... Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it was a concern, but it was much cheaper than any other KA on well, sale. Well, of course. Kel Breeze, Sherlock. It was a year old. It still smelt new, and it had... I can't remember... It had fewer than five thousand miles on it. It was. It was. I, I took it for a test drive, and you know, I was obviously thinking, well, the clutch is going to be rinsed on this, but no, it was fine. In fact, I never replaced the clutch in the time that I had it because it was fine. I bet it had six magic trees um, strung under each of the seats. You know, with the elastic stretch, yeah. so you can't. No, honestly, see them. it smelt like a new car. That was one of the things where I went, oh, flipping heck, this is. You know, it really did. It, had, it was quite strong new car smell. I, I remember because there was a point at which. I went away with some mates to the countryside and I drove because, you know, we we're all in our early 20s and I think I was the yeah. only one who had a half-decent car that would get us there. And it, But it, afterwards, having had the three of us in, in my car, it was I, the, everything got muddy and the new car smell was somehow had gone. Over the course of one weekend, it felt like it was it was completely erased by just having smelly. Oh, people or sweaty in it. guys in it or something. And I was I was I remember being quite cross because it was like <laughs> I like new car smell. Oh. Anyway, um, well, look, the, um, Ford cars. Yeah, so the, this, yes. this 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 MOT tester chap Ed was inadvertently um, on a on a one man mission to preserve all the region all the regional KAs that weren't owned by wankers. Um, yeah, and he still says, he says, oh, some of them stopped coming to the garage at some point. Maybe they got sold or whatever. And he said, I still sometimes wonder if, if they're going, if they're still going. <laughs> he should have kept a, a record of the registration and then he could have looked them up on the He could have know, done, couldn't he? He's a bit like one of those people on uh, on, on social media that um, that they, they, they save a seagull that's got some netting trapped around its ankle mm. or, um, mm. or a sea turtle that's got too many barnacles weighing down its back. And they... They pull their boat over and not not that you pull boats over, do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. And then uh, lift okay. lift the lift the turtle out of the sea and scrape the barnacles off its back with a penknife yeah. and then put it back in. That's like and then you go, go on then. Go on. Live on. Um another thing that we must talk about, Richard. We were supposed yeah. to talk about it a few weeks ago and it's something that it's oh. it, it's almost a gift that keeps on giving. Not, <laughs> Easter. No, 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 not that. Okay. And certainly not Christmas, not yet. No, we need to yet. talk about the CEO of Fiat and off of the Stellantis Group, the CMO of the <laughs> Stellantis Group, don't we? Oh, sorry. I, 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 after the word Stellantis, you know what we have to do. Yeah, just drop in. So yes, he, this guy. Uh, but you you brought this to my attention a few weeks ago. We were going to talk about it then, weren't we? Olivier Francois. Wow. Is that his name? Yes. I wrote it down. It is. Where is it? Hang on. Olivier Francois, yeah. Yeah. So he is the CEO of Fiat. CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, is that right? Not Chief Medical Officer. He could be he's, Chief Medical, and he's the creative power at the wheel. Um, this is what he's, he's put in his own Instagram. He's the creative power at the wheel, driving revenue and brand Equity. Right. Okay. <laughs> I love your response to that. Right. Um, so, well, right. Okay. Where do we, it's, this, where do we go? Well, I, I mean, I would, I would urge people to go and have a look at Olivier Francois's uh, Instagram and draw your own conclusions. But it was what, what you, the reason you pointed it out to me was, because he seems to spend most of his time schmoozing with celebrities. He does. If you scroll through um, his his Insta, I, I, I seems to spend a worryingly large amount of time just getting photographs with famous people. And I, I'm still unconvinced as to whether he really knows them or whether he's one of these people that sort of insists on collaring them and chasing them down for a photo. I, 
I'm getting a distinct because <laughs> I just feel like, for example, Vin Diesel's on there, and of some of the other cast of Fast and Furious movies. And uh, but there's one with, uh, I think there's one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, is that? Um, but it looks like it, they might have been filming some Fiat advert or something. So it feels like he either spends Fiat's money booking A-list stars so that he can have his photo yes. taken with them, or he goes to parties and then just bothers them until they do a picture. Because Ben Stiller, he's wished him a happy birthday. Um, <laughs> he wishes a lot of people him. happy birthday. He remembers birthdays. He's a proper birthday <laughs> rememberer. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there... Is there a point at which birthday rememberer goes from thoughtful to stalky? Yeah, I think so. I, oh, I'm I really glad you remember. There was a man at my school who knew everyone's birthday, and it was always a bit odd. But uh, anyway, yeah. I, so he's, there's a picture of him with Mikhail Gorbachev. Oh. Which, in fact, he's wishing him a happy birthday, but then going, you're much missed. So he's wishing a dead man a happy birthday. Oh, dead Just birthdays. so he can wheel out the photo of them together, which to me feels a bit off. But There's a lot of that, yeah. isn't there? There's a lot but of it, that. I'm looking at the Vin Diesel really, one as we speak, and yeah. I've realised the, the jumper is tied around the neck in a sort of yachting slash cricket game style. Who? What? For, Olivier Francois? Yeah, I can't that. imagine Vin Diesel goes for the, the thin-knit um, jumper tied around the neck. But he might. No. Do you think? No. Oh, my gosh. Do. I think he would do it if he was in an appropriate place for it. Like, if he was... You know how he lived in... London for a while yeah. when they were filming here. I think he lived down in Richmond or somewhere. If he decided to really throw himself into local life and went to like, you know, watch some cricket on a village green. Yeah. I think he'd show up with like a, you know, a cricket jumper over his shoulders just to blend in. What, Vin Diesel, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, I th- I think he's quite an intense guy and I could just see him sort of go, "Hey, I live in England. I'm going to do English things today." And he just go and watch some cricket and then go to a a, a really beamy pub. Did he get a some kind of brown booze? He got some notes sent over from Madonna yeah. and also <laughs> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's wishing he's wishing Bruce Springsteen the boss a happy birthday <laughs> as well. Of course. Has he got a photo of him with the boss? Yeah, he has because I think oh um, wasn't the boss um last year on a was it the super bowl uh, campaign for a jeep jeep advert yes so i think he might have met him on set as they say of course yeah there's no way you're keeping francois off set if the boss is doing an advert oh shit Bloody no hell he francois is on set but this your point is 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 a salient one it's like he, he it doesn't seem to leave him much time for ceoing no or fear that's or my cmoing of stellantis that's my worry richard that's my worry. I would think... <laughs> you worried to keep you up at night. It's my worry where if I was paying money into said um, business, I'd be like, yeah, Olivia, have you, have you done those those projections that we're asking for and yeah. uh, we've got to make those really crucial decisions about unemployment, you know, uh, um, for getting rid of some stuff, maybe closing that factory in Turkey. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I'm, I'm so busy. Uh, we, got the, um, we got the marketing forecasts for Q4. Uh, no, sorry, I was busy following Julia Roberts around until she did a selfie with me. Yeah, Olivier, have you have you been ill? Yeah, I've been really ill the last three days. <laughs> what? You haven't been on late coma with George Clooney? Are you sure you haven't? You're absolutely sure you haven't? Because your social media tells a different story. When you said you were going to spend a week working from home, you know what I actually said was I'm going to spend a week working from home. <laughs> go, go over. So until George Clooney agrees to a selfie with me. Okay. It's weird. It's just, but I, I've just I found know. another. Anyway, I, I, sorry, I, we're gonna we will stop this now. But I've just found an amazing picture. It's not with a famous person. It's actually with his family. But okay. the the reason I've brought this up is because he's wearing a lin a white linen shirt that's mm-hmm. so thin. <laughs> that it's not actually white. It's sort of partly skin colour. And, and the only white things are the double seams for the stitching across the shoulders and round the arms and the front pockets. And everything else is sort of a bit see-through, but yet he's not that kind of guy. that He's not Chris Hemsworth. So No. 
he looks more like a CEO than he <clears throat> looks like a member of the Hemsworth family. Quite. That's certainly So, it, the, you know, for example, I couldn't wear that shirt because it just wouldn't work for me. No. And I don't think it works for him either. I also think that judging by what everybody else is wearing and the, the background scenery, I think they're in a very humid place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, in that case, two things. I, I, uh, I would imagine that perhaps then it's... Maybe it's got soaked with sweat or humidity. And yes. B, perhaps in real life it doesn't look see through. That is the cruelty of the. Oh, it's the it's the, the it's the harsh flash gun. Okay, we. I was at a thing last week where I was, st- <laughs> I was standing a few paces back from a lady in a black sort of. I want to say chiffon, is sort of skirt. Long Bugatti skirt. Chiron dress. Yeah, like a, it was a really nice, smart skirt. She was very smartly dressed. But then a load of like strobe effects and stuff went on and some bright lights and suddenly I could just see her pants. Oh, yes, I've... Uh, and yes. I was a bit like, ooh, I bet she doesn't realise that, that strong, intense light <laughs> causes that skirt to basically become see-through. But that's the perils of, of the sort of thinner fabric isn't it is it? it's, just... it's the the danger of the yoga pant well that's something different isn't it have i i've never mentioned this to you before i always mean to every morning when i take my kids to school it's like if i was a fashion designer i think my new line for autumn winter 22 23 would be school run chic and it would be just a mad grab bag of like uh for the men uh ill-fitting caps and fleeces, <laughs> but then with jogger bottoms oh. and some very old trainers. For the women, maybe some yoga pants, but also with then with uh, huge baggy jumpers yes. or uh, a very long, warm coat, but then with workout shoes. Yeah, so workout downstairs, upstairs is sort of 90s football manager. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just I love All it. Those and I'm, I'm completely guilty of this. Coats that look like the yeah. sort of thing you wrap a horse up those in when it's ones. cold outside. Yes, yes, exactly. I can't remember those. the name of them, but you know the ones. But I was just, it's, I, and I'm completely guilty. So I took the kids to school the other day, just wearing like a, a really old zip-up fleece, and then a uh, like not a beanie hat, but like a you know a pull-on woolly hat, and jeans and then but then running trainers and it's it just none of this goes together but but it's just i think maybe it's expedient should, should we just have a winter of that where everyone sees, sees if we can outdo one another it just looks like a a fancy dress box um yeah. drive through so I, I i i've noticed a lot of young people at the moment wear very very baggy dad fleeces yeah intentionally everything we've talked about this before in the manner of old men who don't understand what's going on but the, the clothes are going baggy again aren't they they are yeah, they are. And the oversized trouser is back. Not quite. The oversized trouser is back with a with a flappy bang. It is. Yeah, I, we're not talking sort of last dance NBA suit yet. Although not yet, we but might. It's coming. Do... I mean, it must be coming by definition if the, if that's if it's all coming back around again. I think it will. I've seen some. I've seen some red carpet um, young guys, sort of guys under twenty five, and they are wearing some extremely baggy trousers, sometimes with high waistband. As well. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is not relevant to cars. I've just realised. No. At, like uh, at all. Not not even. At all. Slightly close. Uh, can I, I, I sort of bring it back to cars, but I just wanted to say hello to a listener. Okay. Uh, called Brendan McLear, who you probably know. He's a Canadian car journalist. Oh yeah. And a long time listener to this uh, podcast, and you know, I was in uh, the America week before last. Yes. And Brendan was staying in the same hotel as me. And I just arrived, and I was very sort of woozy, jet-laggy, just not really sure where I was or which way was up. And he came over to say hi, and I just uh, I, I felt like I did a very bad hello. I did a sort of, where well, I was like, oh, hi, hi, yeah. And then I messaged him, and I said, because he's a, he's, he's a journo as well. And I was like, are you going to, because we were at the LA show, so I said, you're going to be at the LA show, you know, come and say hi properly and try and make a better job of it this time. And then we didn't ever manage to cross paths again, so I just wanted to say hello to Brendan, and thanks for coming over to say hi. Brendan's good. He's, yeah. he's long been a, um, a, a positive mentioner of yes. what we do, so thank you for that, Brendan. He also mentioned this hotel had, um, it was one of those weird hotels like you get a lot in Japan where it occupies a slice of a tall building and has that confusing layout where the reception is on the top floor 
or near as damn it. So in this case, the reception was on floor 70 and all the rooms were below it. But it had touch screens for the lifts. And so rather than just a button to call a lift, you these touch screens sunk into the walls between the lifts and you put in the number of the floor you wanted to go to and then it came, you got in the lift, no buttons in the lift, but there was a notice in the lift that said, if you've got in here and you haven't pre-selected a floor, use the emergency phone to ring for help. What? Which immediately highlights a massive flaw with these fucking things. But it was Brendan, I saw a Brendan on Twitter going, the lifts in this hotel are operated by touchscreen, it's like staying inside a massive Volkswagen. Because predictably, the touchscreens weren't very good at registering touch. Or what so you wanted you to went, actually achieve. Yeah, it was infuriating. But also, so there's a lift, a very fast lift from the ground floor to the 70th floor where reception is. And then you got in a different lift to go down to, in my case, I think I was on floor 54. But it meant that to leave the hotel, if I didn't want to go, you know, I just wanted to get out of there from my room, you had to go to the smaller lift and go up and across oh. and then down. And all I could see, you know, um, no. uh, Fast Love by George Michael. Yes. So every time I had to leave the hotel in my head, I was going, got to go up to get down, got to go up to get down, <laughs> like the end of that song, which no. was, it kind of amused me when actually it was a massive ball ache. Anyway, uh, Hello Brendan was the, the headline. Hello there. Brendan. Hello. Uh, Good mention of the George Michael Fast Love track, which is still one of the greatest for me. Uh, mm. What a tune. Um, did, did, you, did you watch that? The perfume advert that I forwarded you last night. Oh, no, sorry, I didn't. Okay. Don't worry. Um, I'll let you watch it in a minute while I'm talking about something else. But basically, I know we are about to start the festive season. Some Mm. morons have put all their decorations up in November, which I simply don't Mm. understand. Mm. Uh, And I'm not being a party pooper here. I like Christmas. But... Of course, it means the completely mental aftershave and perfume adverts have come on. Yeah, real crackers, mad, unrelated ideas, all being just sort of pressed into into a thirty second ad. Honestly, I watched a couple last night, and I was actually I laughed out loud at this this one. But one of them really caught my eye because it's car relevant in an interesting way, in an, in an us way, not in a sort of mm. oh look, it's a gold plated Bugatti, blah blah blah. Mm. I think it's Paco Rabanne Invictus, but I'll double-check. I wrote in my notes Paco Rabanne Invictus 16-valve, just to remind myself. But the... Okay, so we will put this... We'll put a link to this, and I took a screen grab. In fact, I'll send you the screen grab right now while we're on air so you can get an idea. This is like the end shot of a really kind of, like, pretentious, hey, get a look at me, I'm the greatest... I'm invincible. Smith. Oh, I'm invincible. What's going on here? Right. This this is a holy shit. Yeah, exactly. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Is that a Chrysler 180? Yes, it is. I knew you'd get it because that's the guy that you are. So in a Paco Rabanne um, perfume ad. (laughs) Talk about these ads being a grab bag of ideas. I know, right? This is baffling. It's a man standing on the roof of a Chrysler 180 near a Ferris wheel while a dinosaur roars over the top of an American diner. Yes, it's very odd. And some... 
like display jets like the red arrows or something come out of the clouds it, that all happens baffling. that all happens within about a second and a half just so you know jesus um and it, it's a it's paco raban it's paco raban and there's I'm, I'm actually trying to find it now um but it's not it's a guy walking down the street topless and playing basketball and then there's he's doing sort of boxing training on the roof of a <laughs> he's doing boxing training on the roof of a high building then mm-hmm. then there's sparks flying out of a nearby telegraph pole as he walks under it in a suit and then right at the end he's standing on the roof of a chrysler 180 doing the rocky kind of invincible pose you know with the arms in the air that oh it's called hang on it's called paco raban Olymp- olympia olympia Mm. Okay, so it's Olympia. But I, I, right. I, I couldn't resist freezing and taking a picture of it out of curiosity because I thought of all the cars to put at the end of this really glamorous ad, you've got mm. a, a quite an unsuccessful Roots Group car, but not only that. Oh, my God, yes. Look, look closely. Look at, the, um, look at the fuel filler. Oh, the fuel filler's got an aftermarket cap. <laughs> it's, got, it's, got, it's got a generic universal I've left mine at the fuel station cap on it. <laughs> a, I mean, it's a lovely period touch, but also, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, I mean, now, it's sort of, I feel like the Chrysler 180 wasn't successful really anywhere, but I wonder if that was shot in Spain, because I feel like yeah, I th- it was built down there, wasn't it? And, and for the local consumption of mediocre big cars and... I think it was... Because they would survive better down in a sort of Mediterranean climate he, if the ad was shot down there. Yeah, I'm thinking it, it is Spain. Uh, I mean, I said, yeah, somewhere like that. Um, and Unless, I, was it big in... Did it? Did they have it in South America somewhere? Yes, they did. Is it possible? I was just about oh, to so say it, was, it could there? be South America spec. Ah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm wondering if, if at the right at the end of the ad, it'd be nice if there was a little bit of consumer information like... Um, uh, he's, he's rising his hands in the air. He's doing that out of sheer frustration because he's broken down, probably because <laughs> of low oil pressure. Because you know, three bearing crank when it should have been a five bearing. Uh, uh, I think my brother always mentioned that. I think they had a, they had a notoriously weak crank bearings, um, mm. and maybe that's the crux of this whole perfume advert. He's walking home because he broke down, but he walks home in a really glamorous way. So it's not the walk of shame; it's the walk of. Glamour. I think this is a great example of a of, of an observable phenomenon, which is advertising directors, particularly, but also music video directors sometimes, just picking an old car because it's an old car and it sort of has that novelty factor. Yes, and therefore it's cooler than a new car. If he was just standing on the roof of an Audi A4, <laughs> that would look a bit rubbish. <laughs> yeah. But something old that you don't, you know, most people won't know what it is. No. It sort of gives it that kind of quirky coolness. And it doesn't matter that the actual car is toss or that it's got a Halfords aftermarket fuel filler. Cap in it. It's just sort of, it's just interesting because it's different. And that's what I love about it. Mm. That's what I love no, about it. No, fair enough. It. I, I thought you'd appreciate wow. that silly little I observation. I do appreciate that. Observation. Fadenation. Now I don't. I was I was just looking at things I'd written down. I realised I'd written down something. I don't. I don't want to show off. But I did go to America the other week um, for five days. It's quite intense. But um, screw you. But I. You're dead I, to I me. You went on another things. podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. You were. <laughs> hey, do you know what happened? Highly as well? successful. Hell, I haven't told you about this. So I was outside the hotel. We just got in. Come back from the show. And one of those new Hummers rolled up. Oh, electrical Hummer. Frigging massive. Yeah, isn't it like a, just a children's school bus? Yes. 4.1 tonnes, apparently. Bloody hell. It's insane. Out gets Arnold. two of our rivals, Jack Ricks, uh, the editor of Top Gear magazine, but who also presents, along with Rowan Horncastle, who also got out of the Hummer, the Top Gear magazine podcast, those bastards. So immediately I pulled out my shank, ready to, to for a rumble, but they, they weren't in a fighting mood, so they just showed me around the Hummer. But then <laughs> went into the hotel, and there's um, flipping Andrew Frankel from the Under Trouser podcast. And so I was like, this is, this is becoming sort of... And then I found out that What's-His-Face Sam from Seen Through Glass was in town as well. I didn't see him. 
but I heard he was around. I was like, we could have a proper sharks this, and jets. This could have been this could have been an Anchorman fight. rivals face off, like West Side exactly Story. Exactly that. Spec. I just thought it, I, it had the potential for they. You know, I was I was there clicking and and <laughs> trash talking Jack and Rowan, and then Andrew just came in and went. I think we've got ourselves a three way podcast smackdown, and then Sam could have just pulled up in some portal or something. Come on, you piss artists. I needed to be there. I know. You needed me and I I wasn't there. I let you Call you for help, but you were 8,000 miles away. Yeah. So no, it was was really weird. It was, everyone, by the way, is extremely cordial. We're all friends. It's all fine. We are all friends. But uh, but yeah, I just thought it was quite amusing that that all that distance from home, there are other sort of top-rated British car podcasts all... Hanging out, agreeing. Not well, next to time we'll go. go we'll go together, and we'll out, we'll outgun them all. Not with actual guns, though. No. Um, what was I, oh yeah. So I know I just had some observations through America. One of them is just that it's easy to forget. It's just like how much the V eight is a normal engine over there. Oh yeah, that gets me every time. Just hear them. Yeah. A lot, and then I, in fact, I, I was picked up from the airport in a Chevy Suburban. Okay, and it's just got a V eight. Yeah, petrol. Uh, yeah, uh, like you still see. I was in fact I was on the I was uh, I went out um, I went out for dinner with a with a friend of ours who lives over there and and he has now got a G wagon for some reason a V eight yeah, one and, yeah and uh, he was giving me a lift home after dinner and we got overtaken by a uh, Dodge Charger, one of those wide-bodied ones, making a right noise. Oh, I, I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> but just swear, that's just a sort of just a sort of normal car. I mean, I know they're not normal. They're, they're not, not everyone has one. No, but they're but, not really you know, expensive. They, yes, they're not exceptional. Or exotic. Doesn't, no one really double takes because it's just like oh, there's another one of those. Mm. We just go. It's still like the V8 is still. I know it is actually sort of on the way out, and like Ford don't do you know V8s in. Um, trucks anymore or anything but it's it's still there's still a lot of v8s and you know your residual v8s in older cars and you just hear Eight. you just hear that backbeat yeah. on the street all the time I mean, you just simply don't hear no. like it's a real novelty here so and i just thought it's quite a i mean I might, my neck nice my neck got bored of twisting around really quickly yes going oh yes. it's a v8 and you go oh that's What's actually that? a ups van yeah go, exactly yes. that's a classic isn't it just a really oily wet v8 <laughs> and it turns out that it's just like a bus or something it's an airport shuttle. Airport shuttle well yeah bus. it's an airport <laughs> shuttle you know those kidnap buses which I can't, I can't remember the names of them but um yeah it's exactly that and you go oh bloody hell so not that glamorous then at all no by the same token though i, I wrote this down i was uh, i was in the back of the car on the way from the airport and we were on the in traffic on the freeway we were alongside a an e4 an e90 bmw 3 series but it was a 330i, and it wasn't in spoke trim. It was an SE. Oh, that's easy listening. I like that. Yeah, but I was like, that's a that would be a very unusual car here in the UK. Yes, and actually, that's sort of I don't know. I need to check this, but that feels like that's almost like a base model in the US. I don't think it is. I think there was a 325 and possibly even a 320, but around that time. But it's like that would have just been a sort of someone's normal car. I, it's funny you say that because at the NEC Classic Car Show recently, where I was um, taking part, um, a couple, well, a lot of people came up and wanted to chat about the Late Break Show, but also this podcast, which is lovely. Um, one couple um, came up who actually, the, the chap, I recognised him because he brought an MG SV to... Oh. One of the late break show lives, oh. but he's also he's he's recently said, "Oh, you, you'll appreciate this. I've just bought this for my sort of like interesting winter car, and it was a Passat W8." Oh, and I went shit me. Know. I said, "That's probably rarer than your MGSV," and <laughs> and he said, he said, "Yeah." And, and then I suddenly thought, did they ever sell those in the American market? Uh, that's a good because it was. I remember testing one when it was new, and it was such a sleeper. I did a run what you brung at Santa Pod with it, and it was quick and it, it impressed a lot of people but you had to take traction control off because it used to bog really hard um, and it didn't need traction control because it was four-wheel drive it would sort of mechanically sort itself out um, hmm. it was really good and I and now they're not worth anything because nobody wants to run surprisingly well an eight I think percent. there's a reason for that though isn't there which is that it if something goes wrong you Oh, it's the shitter, aren't you? It's just, yeah, you're never going to... probably horribly complicated. Imagine how bad an engine access is in that car. I bet it's appalling. 
If anyone's ever That's worked the one. on a W8 Passander, <laughs> please write to us and tell us. It's my certain knowledge uh, that when that car was new, um, one of my colleagues from Evo magazine went on the launch of it and said after driving, because there's the manual and the auto, wasn't there? And the, the, Could it do a manual the, W8? Yeah, yeah. What? But the auto was a particularly tragic installation of an automatic gearbox and and this guy said to one of the engineers like quite senior bloke the auto's not not so good is it and this guy german went in english went oh yeah the auto is shit no yeah they would say he was really candid about how it was like just completely half-assed work because uh they need to do an auto but yeah there's a manual i didn't know there was Uh, a manuel it was sold in the u.s apparently by the way and uh according to this from road and track i assume they know what they're talking about that um the passat w8 wagon they sold 97 in the u.s in the whole of america that is a rare right right Um, if you're listening to this doug demoro go and find one of those go on i dare you and then shout um, about it on cars and bids at the moment I know it's always tricky with how many left because of the way the DVLA writes down car names in lots Wrongly. of different ways. But if you type in Passat W8, under Passat W8 4 motion, 24 currently in the UK, and under 4 motion Tiptronic, that's the auto then, isn't it? It's yeah. 41. So 65 Passat W8s in the UK at the moment. Bloody hell. That is rare. Rare, but I'm going to say nobody cares. Yes. Very few people care. That is very... That is that is probably the, the, the top of the pile of rare, but nobody cares in some ways. In terms yeah. of the cost of it, the amount of engineering gone into it, but yet nobody really gives a flying <laughs> <No> shit. <laughs> a spinning toss about it, <laughs> which is fine. But but more power to, to the guy with the MGSV for just, you know, his dedication to obscure and slightly interesting cars. Oh, but. no, I think it's great. Um, I wanted to talk about... Um, we, di- we didn't mention about the CEO of Jaguar sort of running away the other week. Oh, Jaguar Land Rover. J- JLR, yeah, yeah. 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 And yes. it's a bit odd. Um, a bit odd. I only, it's, it's only just pinged into my mind because I was browsing uh, the auctions of Car and Classic and I came across a car which I thought Richard would rub his knees over that, which is a Jag XJR X300 mm. model, mm. factory manual. Oh. Yeah. Apparently one oh. of only 102 ever made. Now, that's one of those cars where I wonder if actually the manual would be a bit horrible. Do you know what? I'm willing to take the gamble on that. Because, oh, I'd love to try it. I, Don't get me wrong. I'd love to try yeah, it. Yeah, and it looks really, really nice. It's a good-shaped mm. car, that. Um, yes, it is. I know. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the auction's not over. I'm not going to buy. But, yeah, old Terry Bolero walking away from JLR is a bit odd. And I do wonder, they, 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 the reason given is personal reasons, and that always sounds highly implausible doesn't it what, what, I'm, just, I'm just leaving for personal reasons right. well he's been doing it two years I don't know whether he's deemed a successful business person I don't know whether what he's done has made a big difference but um, I spoke to a ex Jaguar employee of high repute who we both know who won't mm. be named who basically said they're going to kill Jag really yeah and I what, so and I said really having though, killed the electric XJ, they'll they'll then just cull these new. I think, and, and this is Jags they've got in development. This is a somber conversation, but I think yeah. the bottom line is not enough people in high standing in the company care about it, which I think yes. is an utter tragedy. Given that, given that I think in many many ways it's a better, more interesting car company than Land Rover, but then that's just that's just my take on it. I mean, when you look at all these companies that are up and coming, and I think all bets are off with EVs, that people are more accepting of someone you've never heard of before Mm. in the EV space. But even so, I've read all these things about, you know, how much money and how much time it theoretically takes to build a brand. And you look at people like Lexus and Genesis and, you know, you'd have to say Genesis and uh, Infinity as well haven't really caught on in Europe yet. No. They're still on the uphill struggle. Lexus did it, but, you know, they had the the might of Toyota behind them. Mm. It takes a lot of work. 
an off-the-peg name that people have heard of. I mean, look at MG. You've got to say that part of the, the success of MG in this country in coming back from almost nowhere to be... It's bad you know, for They're selling more cars than Volvo in the UK now. I know. And Citroen, I think, as well. They're really successful, considering that they were nowhere a few years ago. Yeah. But it's got to help that they've got a name that people, at least it generates a flicker of recognition. And from there, you can build on that. At least you sort of got the people's attention. Exactly, so exactly. if JLR threw Jag in the bin, you'd imagine there'd be a lot of... A, up and coming companies just be like, oh my god, we fucking sandpaper our eyes for that kind of yeah. brand recognition and heritage that you could leverage into something in an advert or whatever. So exactly, it'd be. But at the same time, you know, they're not a charity. I I don't know why he's gone as CEO or going, but I did wonder whether it is um, JLR's parent company, Tata, if they they were impatient for more sooner not just with jag but with sort of with um land rover a time when it feels like they're still getting rinsed by the chip shortage i know a lot of people are yeah they are yeah the waiting times on their cars are insane yeah by all accounts and um and that's got to be that's not actually good for profit which they didn't they just announced the last the last financial figures they they released they were still making a loss yeah and i i do wonder whether tata just wanted more sooner and it seems like Terry Bellaro is a bit uh, sort of low-key kind of you know he doesn't overpromise sort of bloke and the, the you know that Jag plan is long term isn't it Thierry didn't do enough Instagram posts about Lenny Kravitz's birthday that's it if he'd that's, only just see? had his arm around John Bon Jovi <laughs> then they'd have had record profits by they now. would have done it's, it's just bizarre. so what else did your uh, your high-ranking former Jaguar operative did what was his his take on on it is just that that he thinks that the Jag is just too much trouble for the people who don't Care about I think there's, pe- there's, there's 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 people in a very high position there who he believes um, don't care enough about it and would rather focus their efforts on on uh, land and Range Rover and mm. land and Range Rover are still so desirable at the moment regardless of their reliability record the the the, the brand name is so strong people will you know blindly buy mm. and they just want to focus on that. Which I think I do understand that, but it's difficult, isn't it? Because on the one hand, as people who like cars, and I mean people who like Jags, you kind of emotionally you go, well, "That's just ridiculous. Just try harder. You've got to do something with Jag." But yeah. if you were John Harvey Jones on that program from the nineties, going in to sort out struggling businesses, mm. you probably would go, "Look, just this, this is." I mean, Jag is to all intents and purposes dead at the moment, isn't it? I know they're still trying to sell cars, but quite half-heartedly. I don't even know if they're making XEs and XFs at the moment. They certainly didn't for a long time. Castle Bromwich was just shut because mm. of COVID. But then it was also it was a blessed relief for them not to have to be. But I don't know how how hard are they trying? How hard are they trying to sell the cars? That's the other thing. It's all well and good cars not selling, like, but like how hard are you pushing these things? Because there's there's plenty of substandard cars that get sold. Mm. <laughs> so, well, yeah, but I I wonder how many of them get sold. You know, for proper money, it's it's hard to know, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, it's a conundrum. It's just that's the thing. it's a conundrum. But I, it is a conundrum, and I don't I don't know what I would do except just that I would go down to the studio and say to old Geraldine McGovern, these new Jags better be the best looking cars in the fucking world. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, because that's it. Historically, Jaguars have always been very beautiful, and, and <laughs> it's but it's tricky. I mean, I, I know that the, for example, you know, the original XF, which is still, I think, an absolutely brilliant-looking car as medium-sized saloons go. I think it's it's just it's it's aged really well, and it's just a really nice-looking, quite sleek car. Yeah. And then the, the XF we have now is just not. But I gather that's partly because of people in marketing going, oh, it has to have the same rear headroom as an E-Class. Right. Whereas previously, I think they'd gone, fuck it, it has to be really good looking and everything else will sort of have to follow along. Yeah. I really enjoyed the. I, I had an XF sport break, I've said it before, a, v, a V6 diesel S. 
mm. when they first came out, which would have been, can't remember, 2009? I can't remember. Uh, is it 2010? But a bit later than that. Was it 2012? Yeah, anyway. But around about that mm. time, I had one, and um, I thought it was so good. It was so good at loads of things. And it felt, and yeah, it genuinely it felt special, and a, and a real driver's car mm. when you wanted it to be, and a proper sort of like sweep you up and take you home safely when you didn't give them. Yeah. So yeah, come on, Jack. And and actually, to that end, I've got, I found, I've been, I've been clearing, I've been moving house, clearing up various boxes of hoarded tat. And if you can hear this rattle, <laughs> this is a super top trumps that I found that I must have had since I was a kid. You would giggle at this. I'll send you some pictures. I'll show you some pictures for patrons. It's called Super Top Trumps of New Cars. So instantly this dates it because obviously these were new cars when I bought this. So let's just, I'll yeah. just scroll through like the first, the first 10. Saab 9000 Turbo 16 valve. Ooh. Audi 90 Quattro 20 valve. Uh, Opel Vectra 2000i 16 valve catalyst. <laughs> Brilliant. Citroen AX GT. Yes. Zender Vision 3. I think that was a concept car. Not sure it was actually yeah. real. The Zender as in the body kit people. Must have been, yeah. There's a, there's a photograph of it at a very Technicolor um, <laughs> motor show. Um, <laughs> Peugeot 205 GTI 19. Toyota Supra 3 mm. litre, which is the one that with a sort of Targa roof, the slightly jingle jangle one, uh, not the Vin Diesel yeah. one. Um, Subaru XT Turbo Allrad. Oh, oh yes, I know. And then we have um, Alpha One Six Four Three Liter V Six. And then you got some mad stuff like uh, I got the. Le- Can I guess the year? Yeah, I go on then. I, do you want me to tell you what's on the cover? What the cover car is of the trucks? Go on. It's a yeah. it's a nine six four Carrera Four Nine Eleven. Ah. So I'm going to say 1990. I think you're right because I was thinking it's got to be 89 or 90, hasn't it? And I'm I'm I was shuffling through them. My kids were laughing because I said this must have been brand new when I got these. These were new cars. You got the BMW M5, which is the um, uh, the E34, yeah. and naturally there's a photograph of it with the wheels turned. The, I think the wrong way for the aspect of the car, <laughs> and there's and it seems to be in the middle of a runway with an aeroplane actually parked directly behind it. No reference, but there we go. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, classic of car it's classic the airplane car- in the background. Yeah. Oh, there's even a bitter. Is there? We've talked about bitter. There is a bitter. It's a bitter Type Three. Wow. Yeah. I, it's not a car I'm familiar with, but there's a lady under a parasol sat next to it. Again, a classic. <laughs> it's, it's on grass. It's parked on grass. See there, like again, parked on grass. Never looks good. Um, we should probably um, wrap this up, but. Um, uh, because not least because someone's trying to ring me, but I don't know who that is. Okay, um, but before we go, uh, three things to tell you. Okay, uh, they are. Sorry, I'm just throwing because someone's trying to ring me, and I'm on the phone to you already. And it's like, how it's does just that, that work? Baffling thing that iPhones have, where they give you some options, and none of them immediately make sense. <laughs> to End and deflect. What? What does that mean? End know. and deflect. End and deflect. Okay. So you go. What? I don't. My. I'm taking too long to process it, and now the other person's hung up. Right, they've gone. So uh, before we go, three things to tell you. They are one. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called the Taste Crepe Show, in which he must tour Britain sampling. <laughs> the entire menus at independent creperies uh, this week le maison du deliciousness imbued uh, if that's not to your taste there's also the late break show we've got some many excellent videos about cars and people who love cars including a test of the aura cat and yeah and by the time this 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 uh, cast goes out there'll be a freshly baked barn find which i think you'll enjoy if you like 80s large coupes oh i know you know this about one. this one mm. it will have just hatched cool. When you when you listen to this, uh, the second thing I've got to tell you is I have various books out. One of them is called Steel Flies. It's a spoof Cold War thriller written in the eighties by uh, Roy Lanchester, the fictional car journalist. Um, it's uh, deliberately terrible. Uh, don't let that put you off. <laughs> uh, the third thing uh, I've got to tell you is that as of last month, the youngest B fifty two bomber in service with the U S Air Force is sixty. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. 
still going. Well, I've got a fourth still thing massive. to discuss very quickly, which oh, yeah. is I've just picked two top trumps cards out of my collection at total random. Yeah. And I want to know mm-hmm. which one you think is faster to 60. Is it a Renault 21 Turbo or is it mm. a Peugeot 405 Mi 16? Oh, now are they both the two-wheel drive ones? Uh, it, well, it, it doesn't say otherwise, so I'm going to say... Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to say front wheel drive. Yeah, front wheel drive. I think the Renault 21 Turbo. You are absolutely right, Richard. It's like you know your craft. 7.4 <laughs> to the 60 <laughs> in the 21 Turb, whereas the My 16 is 8.6. Me 16 is 8.6x. They're almost 8.6 seconds. I mean, that's not. That's not it's fast. funny because I drove a 405 Miss 16 um, a few years ago, and it was delightful, but it was not fast. No. By modern standards, it just it was it was really not that quick at all. It, it sort of got up on its toes when you revved it. Yeah, everybody but, talks about MI16s. Nobody talks about Renault Twenty One Turbos. Nobody. No, it's true. They're almost the same weight, according to these top. Yeah, eleven hundred ninety six keys for the Renault versus eleven hundred and ten for the Peugeot. All right. Well, yeah. that's been a bit carry, hasn't Easy. it? It's people, we had a few people basically complaining the last time we did a carry podcast. We got told so we'll, off. Sorry about that. We'll try not to do it again. But uh, well, we can find out for. For sure, um, when um, we meet again next week, same time, same place. Until then, thank you ever so much for listening. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. I'm not going to talk about cars at all next cast, I promise. Not at all. <laughs> not at no. all. No, just not. just more about um, the CEO of Fiat um, hiding in Madonna's garden. <laughs> 